Welcome to Compass and Clock. I'm your host, Mary Copeland. This infotainment podcast explores how to live your best life now and well into retirement. We'll discuss topics in financial planning, housing, and insurance. We'll talk wellness, relationships, and leisure activities. A full active life requires planning for your goals and preparing for the unexpected. I'll introduce you to a variety of guests from knowledgeable experts to folks sharing stories of their life experiences, and so much more, because life is big. All is intended to help guide you in planning for what you need now and at any age. Like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Today, my guest is Deanne O'Rear Cameron. Deanne is a professional mindset and human development specialist, aging in place advocate, speaker, and author. She serves as the chairperson for the City of Las Vegas Senior Citizens Advisory Board, chair of the board of directors of the NAIPC, National Aging in Place Council, bringing a local chapter to Southern Nevada, and she is a member of the Commission on Aging for Nevada. Very busy woman. She is passionate and helping others thrive, live their best life no matter where they are in life, but her heart is with older adults and resources to age in place a little more gracefully. Deanne, welcome to the show. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. Yay. Well, I think you are definitely the right person to talk to about this topic today, which is aging in place and what does that mean? So if you're ready, I'm going to ask you your first question. Absolutely. Okay, here we go. What is the definition of aging in place? Definition would be wherever you're at, wherever you're doing your aging, you're finding the resources, you're deciding what you want so that you know how you're going to age in place. Is this what you want now or in the future? Okay, that seems simple enough, right? (laughs) So based on that, Deanne, what do you think others people's perception is for aging in place though? Oh, that's a good question because they believe that it's strictly for older adults and that it means, you know, you're getting older, maybe you're getting a little more frail, you're going to need these things, which that can happen. But aging in place technically is the minute we're born. The minute we're born, we're one week old, five months old, five years old, 50 years old, 80 years old. So I think we kind of have had a little stigma there to what aging in place is. They think it's to remain in their home, but it could be a whole world of possibilities. As you said, life is big. Okay. So based on that, do you think you can age in place anywhere? Sounds like that's a possibility. Absolutely. It really is because we have so many resources and things now. So, you know, anywhere, I mean, you may choose to relocate. There's, there's any number of things that you can do, but you can definitely age in place anywhere as long as you have the tools. Is there a roadmap for aging in place? Something handy for people to pick up and study and follow? Absolutely. There's quite a few resources. Uh, one of the first ones, of course, I have to point out is that the National Aging in Place Council on their website does have some tools on there. And we're in the process of updating them, but I must say that they are pretty comprehensive. So that's one of the first places I would tell a person to go is to that. So you can kind of see 
the different things you might want to think of. We all need those memory joggers. <laughs> Any other suggestions for that roadmap? Yeah. So the roadmap, what you're going to do is really look at what your desires are and start being pro proactive of what you're going to do for those and put yourself in various scenarios of what you might need because you got to think ahead. You can't just think in this moment, think ahead. You know, as, as you're aging, you're going to have a lot of different things that you might want or need. And you may be watching other people aging and saying, I want that, or I don't want that. So as you're planning your roadmap, you want to consider those pieces. So this roadmap that you're referring to, I know it's not on a shelf that says roadmap aging in place. (laughs) But in your professional opinion, um, when do you think somebody should start thinking about that retirement, that aging in place scenario? Because it's probably different chapters too. Yes. Each portion of it is a different chapter. I'm so glad you brought that up because the way I look at it with all the things that I have my hands in is the earlier, the better, because many of the calls that I receive on a daily basis could have been prevented and easier resources and just flow and ease in general without the stress if they would have started a little earlier. So for me, I think it would be great if people would be thinking about it, you know, at their late 20s, 30s, you know, putting it together and put your your midlife and your later in life together so that you have a plan. Yeah, in your 20s and 30s, you're um, out of college, Mm -hmm. you're embarking on your career, you're starting a family, you might be buying your first house and you know, you're, you're bringing in that income flow where you should really be putting dollars away as soon, as early on in life as possible, because um, we all know that as we get older at some point, our goal is to retire and not work. So that income flow is going to be different. And if you want to sustain that same quality of life that you've been enjoying, it's going to take some funds to do that. So I'm glad that you said start, you know, in your 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that said, how do you approach aging in a place when talking with a couple versus a single person? Uh, the first key there is communication, finding out what each one wants. Because otherwise, if you don't have that commonality that you can find, it can get a little messy. <laughs> And they sometimes do have differences in how they want to do it. So that communication, sitting down, making sure that you have that discussion with your spouse or whoever that may be, so that you can see where you're on the same page and where you might be different. Well, also when you're speaking with a couple versus a single person, um, let's use the scenario 50 years and older, you know, you might be a single person because you lost your spouse early on in life. And um, you're living in a community that you had a lot of friends, but now you're single and they're all still married. So maybe that's when you're thinking of, oh, well, let me look into an independent living community in my neighborhood Mm -hmm. and I can um, start a new social circle. I can still 
maintain my friendships. But if you're getting a little lonely, um, there's options for you out there. Don't don't oh, feel yes. like you're on your own, that you're the only person that's mm-hmm. going this. Definitely look to see, look in your heart, what's going to make you happy. Yes. Yeah, that's definitely the single part of it. Definitely looking at both aspects. I love the isolation you just brought up. That's fantastic. Yeah. And then Making when- sure you're social. <laughs> yeah, that is so vital to mm-hmm. um, thriving in place and, and, and through life. Now, when we talk about the couple, though, how do you help a couple um, to learn how to age in place and thrive in place when the two people are at different levels of health? Let's say one's in great health and the other is in declining health. How do you approach that conversation? And let's walk through this scenario step by step. So if I'm working with this scenario, one of the first things that I do is once again, the communication. So I find out what the needs are of the declining health, which of course will also involve finding out what that health challenge is, and then look at everything from solution. And then also find out what it is with the one who doesn't have the declining health, what it is that they see happening. And go ahead and get those tougher conversations going so that you get it out of the way from the very beginning. And then when you see what those needs are, you help them to find those needs and to get to the goal that hopefully you've gotten some commonality on. It's very important that they're on the same page when you have that scenario. Uh, It can be interesting, but I've seen several different things. I've seen, you know, the spouse move in. They find a place where they can have the help. You know, it can be an IL that has their internal um, source resources right there internally. It could be assisted living and then they can still move in as well. So there's so many resources. It's just a matter of finding out what makes their heart happy so they can age in place the right way. And also when you're having that conversation about their health care needs, you also have to have the conversation about their physical, their financial health, not just their physical yes. health, you know? So what, based on what their needs and wants are, what can they financially afford to thrive in place? Yes. So it needs to be sustainable. And then you have to also have that conversation. Should they consider moving out of their home and into mm-hmm. community, um, they really need to do a financial plan to see how long their money's going to last. Because they don't Absolutely. Move, they don't want to move into there for three years and then they're out mm-hmm. of money and then they still have 10 more years of life or more. So all of that is intertwined together. Um, it is. And it's it's common that that happens too. Yep. And, and some communities are private pay. They're not um, Medicaid and Medicare doesn't pay for housing. Mm -hmm. Medicare is healthcare. And you have to read the fine print too, because if you run out of money and there's no other solutions, they might need to ask you to move out. And when somebody's Mm -hmm. in a healthcare crisis, that's not the best time to be moving. Not at all, because then you're in an urgency situation instead of having the chance to plan. Exactly. So who do you talk to about aging in place um, options? Where would they go? So if somebody wants to learn about this, where are they going to seek out these professionals? 
Well, of course, there are organizations that you can go to online, you know, our National Aging in Place Council, AARP, there are several big ones out there. But what I always recommend, because they're going to have things in your area, is your local area on aging Mm -hmm. and various partners that they work with. There's a lot of agencies out there and each area is going to be different. So that's why it's really good to look for local area on aging so that you can find out what those resources are. And then in most cases, they'll help you with a lot of it too. Well, the National Aging in Place Council is nationwide, but there are local Mm -hmm. chapters such as where you are, there's a local chapter for Southern Nevada. Where I am, there is a local chapter for the state of Washington. So I would highly recommend that people go online to the website and they can find the closest local chapter because those professionals also know other professionals in other communities that might not be listed on the site. Um, I would think another option would be talking to an elder care placement agency, you know, Mm -hmm. an agency that really um, sits down and does an assessment with you health-wise and financial-wise to um, figure out what is going to be the best way for you to safely and securely enjoy, you know, the rest of your life. And they explain all the different types of housing options, which also include your own home and somebody coming in, like maybe an occupational therapist. Mm -hmm. They can assess how you move about the house so that you could do it safely. But, you know, also in-home care can come in and help. And a, a couple can be totally devoted to each other, but let's say the husband is the one that's got a healthcare problem and he weighs 250 pounds and his wife weighs 120 pounds. She might not be able to help him physically, even though emotionally she wants to. And you need to ask for help. Don't take these things on yourself because what will happen is that well spouse is going to find mm-hmm. themselves in a healthcare crisis then because they were afraid to ask So there's definitely resources out there and every Mm -hmm. county has a um, aging in place um, agency for folks out to um, countrywide. Mm -hmm. Um, Does aging in place, this totally flows into what we were saying. Does aging in place look different based on where you live geographically? Let's look at that like in three different kinds of states because we have some extra time here. So let's give a few yeah, it, it is 100% different <laughs> in different areas because you may have rural, you may have you know the suburban, and then you just have the difference in the geographic area itself. So for me here in Southern Nevada, we are very, very different. Anyone that comes in in medical or in the older adult industry will tell you that if they've come from another state to here which most people have in Vegas, we, you know, not everybody has <laughs> been raised here. So that's one of the first things I can say is we're very different with some of our programs and things. And because we're predominantly retirees, our demographic is many, many older adults and those that are, you know, aging up, so to speak, just like we talked about it. It's not just a certain age. We consider older adults over 50. Sorry, anyone in the audience that doesn't want to hear that, but we do that for a reason. So you'll plan earlier, but each region is going to be different in what they offer. And when you're in a rural area, you may have less resources and all the more reason to do your planning for the age in place if you choose to stay in that rural area. 
find out what services there are and aren't. And I really like that because I think that's one of the biggest things I see as a miss too. And sometimes, you know, things happen. And in some areas, you know, uh, they just don't have what it takes. And that may require you to really sit down and assess. And, and, you know, is it really in my best interest to be here? And then if you're looking at other geographical areas, you want to find out exactly what they have so that you can make sure it's going to fit with the plan that you've hopefully put in place. <laughs> Not only what they have, but where is it located? Let's use the state of Montana. I have a friend whose mom and dad are in their 80s and they live in Montana in a rural area. Mm -hmm. And to get to a medical facility isn't, you know, a two minute drive in the car. Yeah. Or if you're in an urban area and you're um, right sizing from your large two story home into a um, single floor condo mm -hmm. closer to town, you are able to decide when you pick that new home for yourself, that new location, okay, these are my, this is what I need. I need to be five minute drive or a bus ride from the hospital. I need to be walking distance to a grocery store. Um, we have an active social life. I want a, a neighborhood that has eateries and movie theaters and shopping. Um, so all of those things that we take for granted and we use every single day throughout our lives, we have to um, access them differently as we age because yes, we do differently then. Mm -hmm. That is so true. And that's why, you know, if you're looking to maybe, you know, get a house in a different area or in a rural area, you can look at like the walk score, you know, they have a lot of that on the site. So there's a lot of different resources involved in everything that we're talking about. And that's why to be able to get through all these resources, it's really good to be a little more proactive because then you're not hit with it all at once. And, you know, there's so many great places uh, that really do cater to older adults. So I always encourage people, don't be discouraged if you do need to make a relocation because it's just a new chapter. An create exciting it. new chapter. <laughs> exciting. And you get to create it. Yep. Based on your needs and your wants. It doesn't have to be just needs if there's health challenges or whatever have you. Yeah, maybe the cold weather isn't as good for your um, joints anymore. So relocating to a warmer climate can make all the difference in the world. Absolutely. For me, it was allergies okay. <laughs> and problems after a car accident that brought me to a dry area. It was literally suggested by my doctor. A little scary at first, but then I said, I'm going to take the plunge. And it's that kind of attitude that helps when you're aging in place. Yeah. And everything I know about you so far, um, I would say you're excelling and you're thriving in place. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about income level because we touched on it a little bit, but does your income level affect options for aging in place? And again, let's just do a few scenarios so people really um, hear us breaking it down. Absolutely. So there's different levels to this. And I always say the low income, the middle gap, and then of course, those that can afford any private services. So clearly, I'm going to go kind of backwards here. The ones that can afford the private services, it's just a matter of finding them and doing the planning, because of course, they can. And then the middle gap is the one that tends to be a little bit more difficult. And boy, do I know about this with the, the positions that I have. 
because finding resources for people who are over the income level for some of the programs, it takes a little bit more time. It takes time. It takes knowing what the you know programs that might be out there or if they even exist. So it's very important for that middle gap to do that planning ahead because then you can find yourself in the other gap if you do it right. Mm -hmm. For the low income, there are many, many state and local programs in all areas. It's a matter of finding them and knowing what they are, whether they be, you know, Medicaid or sometimes they have their own state programs. And the key though, is making sure to look at those programs, see what they cover and don't. I've seen a lot of people who've gone into some of these programs thinking it was going to cover it all. And once again, like you said earlier, they did not plan for, oh, okay, so they'll pay if I go into this particular building or this particular area, but they didn't plan for the resources they're going to need along with that. So it's really the full package and making sure no matter what level you're at, that you're looking at all things combined because it is really the three levels. And once again, the middle gap is the one that I see uh, challenge. My own mother was only, I think it was 200 over the cap to be able to get into some programs. And it made it very difficult for me to find things. And it also took my advocacy to another level because now I'm trying to change that, either lift these, these or find more resources. Let's get people encouraged to do more resources. When you're in that middle gap, you have that fear then that um, you're going to outlive your money. And mm -hmm. and that's scary. Mm -hmm. scary. Um, I was going to ask, is there anything you want to emphasize to our listeners as it pertains to aging in place? But before you answer that, because we'll be that'll be our wrap up question. I was thinking as you're talking, you know, there needs to be a handbook. Like when I was pregnant, there was a wonderful book I read and over your shoulder, I could see a book. Yes. Now, wasn't <laughs> the National Aging in Place Council um, write a book recently? I think they have two issues out. Yes, that's our first edition. And now we have difficult aging in place conversations. And I'm happy to say that we were number one in several categories on Amazon. And with the people that I know have been ordering it in my circle, have absolutely loved it. It has amazing industry experts in it. And there's a lot of great information to just help you to make the decisions. And especially those difficult ones, those are the hardest because you have to have the conversations and you also have to think. <laughs> and sometimes we don't want to think about taking away the keys. You know, we don't want to think about what's going to happen as you know, we age. I mean, 20 year olds don't want to think about what happens in 30s or 40s. It's the same thing, no matter what age you're at. But of course, it becomes more predominant later. So this book is both for the older adults and their families. But I also say this is also both editions for those 20s and 30s, because it's going to get you thinking about things and to do it without fear do it knowing that you're armed with knowledge. Yeah, just I, I just think there's, it's smart to educate yourself and yes. do a little prep work, a little planning in advance and then go about enjoying your life, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, don't let it weigh <laughs> on you, so. Yeah. So with that said, is there anything you want to emphasize to our listeners as it pertains to aging in place? 
the one thing you've probably heard me say several times today is be proactive. Proactive rather than reactive. What I mean by that is when you put some things in place, you understand what it is that you desire for aging in place, no matter what stage you're at, you can better be informed going into looking at different ways to do it. Because that's one of the things I see the most is people just didn't plan and now they're stressed and they're in an urgency situation. And if you really want to age with ease, flow and grace, that's what I always call it when I sign the books, it's really just making sure that you're getting the information, you know, go to the seminars if you can get online for different things, you know, just find out because you're not in that stage yet, you may not exactly know. And it's really about living your best life, no matter what age you are living it. And how can you do that? That's the part that I'm very passionate about for everyone. How can I help them stay happy? Because that's one of the biggest keys when you're planning things with them. Obviously, all the details we've talked about, but we have to have joy in the journey. It's not a privilege everyone gets to age. I'm speechless because that, that that's I, it's just very you're passionate and you and I are very similar on the way that we think yes. about all of this. And we have to be our own advocates. And it's mm -hmm. okay that we don't know what questions to ask. Just start asking yeah. some questions and let, you know, these resources out there put in front of you other questions you didn't even know to ask, but they are there for you agencies, professionals in all areas, retirement planning, legal guidance, leisure pursuits, you know, mm -hmm. housing options, healthcare, family support, you name it. There are professionals out there that want to help everybody thrive and age in place with joy. So yes. with that said, Deanne, I just want to say thank you so much for your passion and for educating us on what aging in place truly means and how to start properly planning for our senior years so that they're safe and successful. Until next week, everyone, take care and thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.